I'm really excited for us to be able to gather together outside again. You know, that's kind of normal for us now. Uh, you know, we took a couple weeks that were a little interesting for us at City Church. We did a live stream because we thought it was going to snow, and then it, you know, it was fine during the time we were gathered together, and then it just started snowing after the fact. And then last week, we did something a little bit interesting as a church. I didn't feel like I had a sermon. I didn't feel like the Lord was revealing anything for me to preach, and so instead of creating something and talking out of my butt, because I could do that pretty easily. Instead of doing that, we decided to just gather together to pray, to seek the Lord, to try and see what he's revealing to us, how it is that he's talking to us, how he wants us to even just move forward in our lives as Christians and as the body that is City Church. And I say this every week, but I want to I remind us of who we are as City Church. You know, we're a church without walls. We get to gather outside. We get to go and do these things. And I like to say that we get to do this because this is what the Lord has revealed to us. Our mission is to be a church that helps people discover the the mission of God, that helps people discover the fullness of God, to become authentic disciples of Jesus Christ and live on mission. This is something that we get to do with our lives as people gathered together around the good news of who this Jesus is. And so last week, as we were, as we were gathering, you know, there weren't any songs, there wasn't any preaching, you know, we just sought the Lord. It was a great time of just being able to do something a little bit different. And, you know, as a pastor, I love that we get to do this. I love that we're, we've positioned ourselves to be interrupted by the Spirit, that we don't have to just do things like normal every single week, and we're okay with that. And I hope that's something that we continue to do for as long as we're City Church, that we're willing to position ourselves to be interrupted by the Spirit, to allow Him to do what He wants instead of what we want to do. You know, ultimately, we decided to seek the Lord, and what I was really thankful for was how similar the things that the Lord was speaking to us was for, for all of us. You know, because you can do these times of, like, seeking the Lord, and, like, you can worry at times, and, like, you know, Anthony's just going to say something crazy, or, you know, that's probably going to be Jesse, you know, because we just, we love Jesse, but sometimes he says some stuff, and, like, I can't follow him, and, you know, I need an interpreter, but, you know... <laughs> But thankfully, the Lord was speaking clearly to all of us, and I, I love that because when we got to come back together, it just showed how, how cool it is to be, to be able to wait on the Spirit, to be able to listen to the Spirit and trust that God is a God who speaks through us, that he is a God who speaks to us. And, you know, a couple of the words that we got to, to share were, you know, I felt the Lord telling us that we must become people of the process. And, you know, that's, that's words that the Lord's going to speak to me. And, like, if Anthony would have said those words, I'd be like, okay, that's interesting for Anthony to say. But then the Lord reveals something similar to Anthony that, that goes right along with the thing that the Lord's revealing to me. And he tells Anthony, you know, he phrased it like, you know, we need to be Christians on purpose. Or, or being Christians on purpose. And these two things are, are just really cool to see how the Lord works through the Spirit. How he speaks different things to us. He uses our personality. He uses our understanding. He uses the way that we speak to reveal truth to us that is for the body. And I just love that. And, you know, we can spend a lot of time just talking about that aspect of the Lord and the Spirit. Uh, but we're ultimately going to lean into that thing that, that ultimately that I felt and that Anthony was feeling. This idea of being people of the process, of being Christians on purpose. And, you know, in order to do this, when we're exploring this, I think first and foremost, we have to understand that the Christian life is a lifelong apprenticeship to Jesus. 
And I like this word apprenticeship because it expresses something a little bit different. You know, we can think of this word disciple and that's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit more theoretical. It's harder for us to understand. But apprenticeship is something that still exists within our society. You know, a disciple existed within first century Israel. You had someone that went and followed a rabbi that was with him, that was as close as, close as possible to understand what this rabbi did, what this rabbi taught. And that can be a little bit difficult for us to understand. But apprenticeship is something that still happens in our world. And so an apprentice is someone who's learning a trade from a skilled craftsman. They're they're committed to, they want to be this tradesman, they want to learn how to do something, and so they go and employ themselves as an apprentice, not making much money at all, but learning the way of the craftsman. So they're sitting there, they're, they're watching, they're doing, they're getting their hands dirty. And so unlike traditional education, which is ultimately really theoretical, where you take tests, where that's how you express your knowledge, in an apprenticeship, you learn by how the craftsman is showing you, and then ultimately you express that you've mastered something by doing it over and over and over again. This is what an apprenticeship looks like. And so our Christian life is an apprenticeship. It's an apprenticeship where we learn the way of Jesus by leaning on him and working to do what we've seen. This is what we get to do in our life as ambassadors, as apprentices to Jesus Christ. And the great thing about apprenticeship is the person teaching, the master craftsman that's there is always willing to lend a hand. He's always willing to restore and be like, yeah, you've missed this, but here, let me show you how to do it. Here, come, come watch me do this again and again. And that's the goodness of being an apprentice to Jesus is that he is lowly. He is humble. He's not this taskmaster who's just telling us to do this, do this, do this, and like, oh, you missed it, you're cut off. No, an apprenticeship is what we get to experience with Jesus, where he shows us the way, where he restores us time and time again, where he constantly shows us what it looks like to follow after him. So if we're to become like Christ, then we must know the way of Christ. I think we can all understand that. If we want to be like Christ, it's probably a good idea to know who this Jesus is, what he teaches, and how it is that we're supposed to live. And so that's what I want to explore today. What does it mean for us to do this? What does it mean for us to become apprentices of Jesus, to become people of the process, to be Christians on purpose? So I want to read this quote from Dallas Willard. It's a little longer, so so stick with me. He says this, he says, apprenticeship to Christ is the status within which the process of spiritual formation in Christ-likeness runs its course. The result is, quote, growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, 2 Peter 3.18. That is the normal Christian life. As his apprentices in kingdom living and acting, we are with him learning to be like him. That is the general idea. It is, it is what trusting Christ means. You cannot actually trust him and fail to be his disciple. Trusting Jesus Christ means you want to be with him as much as possible. See, the ultimate goal of our Christian life isn't to, to be better people. It's not to, you know, not sin and not cuss. The, the goal of the Christian life is what's called Christoformity. Literally having every part of us transformed by the way of Jesus Christ. It's not us being better people. It's not about rooting out sin. Like those things are important. Yes, those are part of the process of following Jesus and being transformed into the image of Christ. But that's not the goal of Christianity. The goal of Christianity is Christoformity to Jesus Christ. 
And the only way that we ultimately achieve this, because ultimately we want, to, we want to work at it, we want to serve Jesus, we want to do all these things, but the only way to ultimately do this is to recognize that it is a process. It doesn't happen overnight, and following Christ requires us to die to ourselves. It requires us to put on Christ daily. It requires us to take inventory of our life and see that this Jesus, his way, is the way that I want to follow. It's not about what I think. It's not about what I want. It's about who this Jesus is and how I can look like him. And ultimately, the longer that we're in Christ, the longer that we're serving Christ, the more like him should we look. If we've been following Jesus for 10 years, then I hope that we look more like him than we did 10 years ago. I hope that as I progress and get older and, you know, I lose hopefully no more hair than I've already lost in my life. But as I progress in age, I hope that I pursue Jesus more. I hope I look more and more like him the older I get. And that's how the Christian life should be. It's this process by which we constantly transform, are transformed into the image of Christ. See, truth be told, I, I think it's easy for us to, to not want to do that, though. Because like, we can look at our lives and we're like, man, I look nothing like this Jesus. And it can seem like an impossible task. It can seem like this thing, like, man, I really wish I could be like Jesus, but, man, you don't know me. I'm like, well, I do, because like, I understand, because we all are in that situation. We're all in this situation where we take inventory of ourselves. We're like, man, I do not look anything like this Jesus. But that's where his grace comes in, and we don't have to be discouraged by where we're at. We don't have to be discouraged by the things that we're ultimately doing, because we can just look at Jesus' life. We can look at the 12 disciples who are closely following Jesus, and we can easily see how many times they failed to grasp the way of Jesus. Like constantly, like you're reading through the Gospels, and you're like, Peter, come on, man. Like, you, you're, you're there, like, he's calling you the rock, and then you're, like, denying him three times, and then, then Jesus is restoring you. Like, we only have to look at the 12 disciples who spent every waking moment for three years with Jesus, and they're constantly failing to be a little encouraged. You know, this Christian life is a process, and Jesus doesn't expect us to wake up tomorrow morning and be completely and forever changed. He knows that it's a process by which we die to ourselves day in and day out where we constantly surrender ourselves at the foot of the cross. And this isn't an excuse to remain unchanged with this great delta in, in what it is to, to follow Christ and where we're at. It's not an excuse to remain unchanged, but it is an invitation to rest in his grace. It's an invitation to rest in his grace and recognize that spiritual growth is a process. See, Dallas Willard also says that we grow in genuine faith in Christ as we put into practice what little faith we have. And I think that's really encouraging, that we grow by exercising the little faith that we do, in fact, have. Or to put it like the man did in Mark 9, as, as he's encountering Jesus, he says, I believe, help my unbelief. I have a little bit of faith, but, but I need more. Help me, Jesus. And Jesus is always faithful to do that. He's always faithful to help us and meet us where we're at. So let's take a look at Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. This is Paul writing to the Roman church, and he says this. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. This is the word of the Lord. See, becoming Christians on purpose requires us to realize that the Christian life is a process. Like this is part of it, is knowing that, that if we're going to do this, if we're going to do the things that we say we want to do, if we're going to follow Christ wholeheartedly, if we're going to be transformed into the image of Christ, then we must recognize that it's a process. It's a process by which we see this Jesus, where we worship him, where we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Keyword there on the living sacrifice. It's not a once and done event where we pray a prayer and like, okay, tomorrow's going to be a great day. And you wake up and you're like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. Like that's what we typically want to happen. Like we want this vast transformation to happen overnight, but ultimately constantly looking toward Jesus and allowing him to transform us is where we should be. That's where we should be, is constantly looking to this Jesus, constantly looking to learn his ways, to, to better know what it looks like to serve him. Ultimately, we have two options in this life. We can be conformed to the world. That's, that's the first option. We can be conformed to the world, or we can be transformed into the image of Christ. And ultimately, these things happen a little bit differently. Conformity to the world happens automatically. It's our, it's our default. We don't have to try to conform to the world. It, it just kind of happens. Like we live our lives and we become like the people around us. We become like the things we take in. Conformity to the world is easy. Transformation, on the other hand, is more difficult. It only happens by renewing our minds. It only happens by focusing on Jesus Christ. So unless we renew our minds, unless we make Christoformity our goal, then we will live for the world and not for Jesus. Spiritual growth is a deliberate process. It's a, it's a deliberate process. We don't like accidentally stumble into spiritual growth where you just like, you fall down and then somehow the Bible lands on your head and then by osmosis, you just know everything and like live this per perfect life. Like it doesn't happen like that. I wish it did because like then I would just be like hitting myself in the head with a Bible and then, you know, just have completely memorized. I don't recommend doing that. You'll just have a headache after a while. Ultimately, when we choose to renew our minds by focusing on Christ, that's when we're able to learn what it truly means to please God. We have to choose to renew our minds. It doesn't happen automatically, but pleasing God isn't based on our ideas. It's not based on what we think, it's based on his word. The apprentice will never learn the way of the craftsman if they don't position themselves to learn. If they think they know everything already, they're not going to be able to learn the, the skills of the trade. They're not going to be positioned in a way to receive. So I want us to be people who have been radicalized by the teachings of Jesus. That's what I want us to be. That's what I want us to be as the people of City Church. People that have been radicalized by the teachings of Jesus. Who see this, this teacher, who see this, this Christ, this Messiah, this Savior. Be like, I want to know everything that he said. And I want to live my life according to the way that he has said it. I want us to be people who are overflowing with love like Jesus was. People who can't help but share what we've learned from this king named Jesus. People who recognize that we only exist, not for our own glory, but to bring glory to the Father. I want us to look at one of Paul's prayers in Ephesians 3, verses 16 through 21. 
Paul writes this to the church in Ephesus where he's praying for them. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. I love this prayer of Paul because he, he shares multiple prayers in the book of Ephesians. And it just shows this goodness that Paul understands about who God is and how he wants these people to be transformed. If we want to be Christians on purpose, then we must first recognize God's great love for us. That's the foundation of being Christians on purpose, of being people of the process, is knowing who this God is and how great his love is for us. That's what Paul's ultimately doing here. He's praying that God would strengthen the church by indwelling each of us. God's, he, he, Paul's praying that God to be ever present, to be ever within us, to, to show us his great love that surpasses understanding. His love that is without a doubt more incredible than anything we could understand. Paul doesn't pray for a good life. He doesn't pray for us to, to be successful. No, his primary focus is for God to reveal his love for us. This is the primary focus of us as Christians is for God to reveal his love for us. Once we understand his love, then we can understand how to be Christians. Because the power of the Christian life flows from the love of the Father. It doesn't flow from understanding. It doesn't flow from knowing all the things. It flows from the love of the Father. This is how we have power in the Christian life. See, the amount of fruit in our lives is always tied to our ability to recognize God's love for us. It's always tied to our ability to recognize God's love for us. If, we, if, we're, if we're failing to recognize his love, if we're failing to understand that we're loved by God, then likely we're going to drift a little. Likely we're going to drift into conformity with the world instead of transformation with Christ. But if the idea that we are radically loved by God is ever before us, as if, as if it is ever in front of us, then we're going to begin to be transformed day in and day out. See, when we truly understand just how much he loves us, just how much he loves us, then we're able to bear much fruit. And just to, to put it into perspective of how much this God loves us, I just want to read just this portion of Romans 5 where Paul writes that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the radical love of the Father. While we were still sinners, while we had nothing to offer this God, while we were yet sinners ourselves and we were unpleasing, we were unpleasant, we were depraved in our own rights, God loves us. He shows his love by sending his son to die in our place so that we might have life. That is a radical love. It is a crazy love, but this is how much this God loves us. And this is the foundational truth of Christianity. 
Not only does he loves us, but he, he desires that we would be filled with him. And this being filled with him ultimately springs out of knowing how much he loves us. As we fully understand his love for us, as we more and more understand it, then we better understand all things about God. Our life in Christ is about bringing glory to God. This is why we exist as Christians. This is why we exist as humans, is to bring glory to God. See, we learn the ways of Jesus and seek to live them out, not so that we can be changed, not so that we can be better people, but so that we can bring glory to God the Father. We seek transformation to bring glory to God. We don't seek transformation for our own selfish purposes. Now say this, we can't bring glory to God if we're content to remain as we are. We can't bring him glory if we're just like, yeah, you know, Christian life, you know, I pray to prayer, I'm good, I go to church every once in a while, you know, I got that thing on lock. It's not the Christian life that, that God has called us to. He has called us to be transformed by his love, to renew our minds, focusing in on Christ and what he has called us to do. So we misunderstand the love of God if we think that it gives us a license to remain unchanged. See, many will, will call this grace that, that we can just do what we want because, you know, the Father's great love for us. But this isn't grace. This is what's called bondage. See, God's love for us should fill us with a desire to know him and to please him. And the reason we often become stuck in our relationship with the Lord is, I think, because we fail to remember his great love for us. Any time in my life where I have been stuck, where I've been in a place of apathy, it's because I have failed to remember the good news that God loves me radically. When I keep this ever before me, when I daily reflect on God's love, that's when I know lasting transformation happens. It's that day by day surrendering myself to saying, this God loves me radically. He has radically encountered me. And because of that, I'm going to position myself in order to live my life fully for him. Yes, it still requires work, but the work is easier when we put it in the perspective of God's love for us. So your response to the goodness of God's love is to die to ourselves, which is a harsh reality, to die to our wants, to our desires, our way of living, and to become apprentices of Jesus. See, the more we look to Jesus, the more we look to this Jesus, the more we understand the love of God. And the more we understand the love of God, the more we are transformed into the image of Christ. It is this cycle that keeps repeating. It's the process of the Christian life. That we look to Jesus and we begin to understand the love of God. We begin to understand the love of God and then we begin to be transformed into the image of Christ. A.W. Tozer said it this way. He says, the key to disciplining ourselves in the area of obedience is always keeping in mind to whom we are being obedient. And when we're focused on God, it's a lot easier to be obedient. It's a lot easier to put these things in practice. It's a lot easier to become people of the process and be Christian on purpose. When we focus on this God then it becomes easier to do all the stuff. But when we're just focused on doing all the stuff, doing right and not doing wrong, then we're going to fail because we're not putting it in proper perspective because we are works in progress. This is the truth of the Christian life is that we're never just going to wake up and be like, I've arrived today. 
got everything going right, you know, haven't sinned in 32 years, you know, that's not the Christian life that, that's going to be there. Like, if you're doing that, like, that's, that's incredible. You must be, like, a monk or something and, like, living with no TV, like, no cars. Like, because anytime I drive, like, I sin. Because people will be crazy out there. And I'm just like, you fool don't need to be driving anymore. But anyway, you can see I still need some work. Like, there's still a process going on in my heart. We are works in progress. We are constantly being renewed and transformed by this Jesus. We all want the, the final results. We all want that, that final result of being transformed fully into the image of Christ, being fully like him. But unfortunately, that's not going to happen unless we die, unless we're seeing him face to face in the resurrection. Committing to the process is what's hard. Committing to living daily for Jesus is the difficult work. Yes, it's simple, but it's not easy. So my challenge is for, for each of us to become people who embrace the process of being transformed into the image of Christ. Knowing that it's going to be messy, knowing that it's going to be difficult, knowing that there are going to be days that are going to be great, and there are going to be days where we just forget about how loved we are by God. Days where we forget that we've been radically changed and radically embraced by a God who loves us and would do anything to reconcile us to himself. Can you imagine what would happen if we constantly reminded ourselves of God's love for us? Like if we woke up every day and just like, God loves me. He sent his son for me so that I could be reconciled and redeemed to the Father. Like what would happen if we lived every day like that? If we focused on that every single day? And then upon that foundation, we look to the teachings of Scripture knowing how to respond. Like, yes, God loves me, and now I'm going to look to Scripture to know how I should respond to his great love. Surely we would be transformed day in and day out. Surely every single day we would be more and more like Jesus. So I don't want us to be discouraged by where we're currently at, because that's the easy part. We can look at ourselves, and we can look at where we're supposed to be, which is a crazy concept. Like, like where are we supposed to be? I don't know, but I know that today I want to be better than I was yesterday. Not for, for my sake, not because I want to be better, but because I want to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Because I want to lift high the name of Jesus. So let's not be discouraged. Instead, let's just focus on the daily act of dying to ourselves and looking to this Jesus. Being transformed by him. Not by our own desires, not by our own wants. Being transformed by him and for him. Let's commit to being Christians on purpose. Committing to being people with our focus fixed on bringing glory to this God who loves us radically. Let's pray. Yeah, we are thankful for your radical, unending, unchanging love for us. And we pray that you would remind us of this great love every moment of every day. It would be constantly before us. It would be constantly on our minds that we would be transformed by this radical love that you have for us. I pray that you would show us to do the, the difficult work of dying to ourselves, dying to our understanding and looking first to your scripture, looking first to, to who you are and how you've revealed yourselves to us, God. 
And help us to become people of the process. Show us what it means to be Christian on purpose. To position ourselves as apprentices to King Jesus. Learning from him and looking to him to guide every moment of our lives. We glorify you, God. We want to bring you glory in all that we do. Help us to do that well. In Christ's name that we pray. Amen.